Yes, not today, Satan. We are continuing our series on not today, Satan. And it's based on what Jesus said we could do through his authority. In Mark 16, verse 17, he stated these words, These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name. He said they will cast out demons in my name. How many of you believe that there are spiritual demonic entities? And the Bible identifies them as demons. And I shared with you at the beginning of this series two weeks ago that I believe that there have been three spirits at work in the earth, especially in our nation. The spirit of heaviness, the spirit of infirmity, and the spirit of fear. But we have authority through Jesus to drive out these spirits. John Bevere stated, If Satan causes you to forget your authority, then he once again has authority to operate. Again, if Satan causes you to forget your authority, then he once again has authority to operate. This is why it is important that you and I heed what Jesus stated. He said, in my name, You will cast out demons. He's letting us know, I've authorized you. I've given you authority to drive out, to expel, to push out. Because the words there, cast out, they're from one word in the original language of the New Testament, which was Greek. Ekbalo, which means to thrust out, drive out, or push out. The word contains the idea of being thrust out even by violent means, if necessary. What Jesus was revealing is that we are engaged in a spiritual battle against spiritual entities that are determined to try to keep us from taking the ground that we are entitled to in our lives. Jesus came to redeem us. He came to free us. He came to deliver us from captivity as well as to restore to us what was lost. And I want you to understand today that you have the authority by Jesus to overcome any power of darkness that is encroaching, that is trying to trespass, that is trying to keep you and I from what the Lord says belongs to us and that pertains to us as His children. We have the authority to do that. And so, say, in the name. Yeah, in the name. It's in the name of Jesus. Now, I have favorite stories. And, and, and my favorite Jesus name story was told by a gentleman that some of you old timers recognize when I state his name. Paul Harvey. Anybody know Paul Harvey? Heard of Paul Harvey? Paul Harvey would, would tell stories on the radio and, and then he would add this. And now for the rest of the story. Now Paul Harvey told about a three year old boy who went to the grocery store with his mother. Before they entered the grocery store, she said to him, Now, you're not going to get any chocolate chip cookies, so don't even ask. She put him in the cart, and he sat in the little child's seat while she wheeled down the aisles. He was doing fine until they came to the cookie section. He saw the chocolate chip cookies, and he stood up in the seat and said, Mom, can I have some chocolate chip cookies? She said, I told you not even to ask. You're not going to get any at all. So he sat back down reluctantly. They continued down the aisles, but in their search for certain items, they ended up back on the cookie aisle. Mom! Can I please, 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 please have some chocolate chip cookies? She said, I told you that you can't have any. Now sit down and be quiet. You know how your mama, you know mama's how your temperature rises. Yeah. Uh, Finally, 
they were approaching the checkout lane. And the little boy sensed this might be his last chance. So just before they got to the line, he stood up in the seat of the cart and shouted in his loudest voice, In the name of Jesus, can I please have some chocolate chip cookies? And everybody round about laughed. Some even applauded. And according to Paul Harvey, the boy and his mother left the grocery store with 23 boxes of chocolate chip cookies. Now, what's the moral of the story? Be careful when you employ the name of Jesus. You just never know what you're going to get. There really is power in the name of Jesus. Now, I shared with you two weeks ago at the beginning of this series that there are these three spirits that we need to serve an eviction notice to. The spirit of heaviness, the spirit of infirmity, and the spirit of fear. Today, I want to address the spirit of infirmity. So let's look at the third book of the New Testament, the gospel according to St. Luke, Luke chapter 13. And we're going to focus on verses 10 through 17, Luke 13, verses 10 through 17. It says, now he, that is Jesus, was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman, watch this, who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over. And notice, and could in no way raise herself up. There's no way in 18 years she could not raise herself up. It continues, but when she, Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. But the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation, because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. And he said to the crowd, There are six days on which men ought to work. Therefore come and be healed on them and not on the Sabbath day. The Lord then answered him, and said, did you catch that? The man, the religious leader, addressed the crowd. But in addressing the crowd, he was indirectly addressing Jesus. But Jesus directed his statement right to him. And look how nice Jesus dealt with what he said to Jesus. Hypocrite! Does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it away to water it? So ought not this woman? Now watch this. The word ought there is strong in the original language. It means it's a divine imperative, meaning must. Must. So must not this woman, being a daughter of who? Abraham, whom Satan has bound, think of it, for 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath? And when he said these things, watch this, all his adversaries were put to shame. What can we say? There was nothing. And it says, and all the multitude rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. Now, we're going to delve into certain truths that I want you to get a hold of, that I believe that if you and I will understand their implications as well as Commit ourselves to the application of what is available because of Jesus. We will experience in any area of our lives where there has been a long standing, whether it's a, a hurt, whether it's a habit, whether it's a hang up that has been entrenched in our, we will experience the delivering power of Jesus. I believe there will be victory here. So go with me. Here's the first thing I want us to see. Some conditions, say some, some conditions of sickness are the result of the working of demonic spirits. Some conditions of sickness are the result of the working of demonic spirits. I agree with Bible teacher baby, uh, David Gusick who said this, We are foolish to think that spiritual issues cause all physical problems. But we are also foolish to think spiritual issues can never cause 
physical problems. During his earthly ministry, Jesus made it clear that demonic spirits in some instances were the cause of someone's physical problem. There's the uh, account of the young boy that was brought to Jesus' disciples. Jesus had been up on the Mount of Transfiguration with Peter, James, and John. And the, this father whose son, by demonic power, was thrown into fire and water with the aim of trying to take them out brought his son to the disciples and they could not cast out the spirit in this son that was possessing him and harassing him and oppressing him. And then Jesus, when he comes into the scene, he addressed the spirit that was at work in this boy's life in this way. In Mark 9, 25, it says, When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, watch this, saying to it, Death and dumb spirit. I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Why did he identify it as a deaf and dumb spirit? Because the boy was in that condition of deafness and muteness, unable to speak because of the spirit of darkness that was operating in him. Jesus knew what the root of the problem was. It was a spirit that possessed the boy and this spirit was causing the deafness and muteness in his life. Now, in the account that we are looking at today, there in Luke chapter 13, it reveals the physical condition of 18 years that the woman was suffering. And it identifies the source of her suffering as a spirit of infirmity. A spirit of infirmity. As pointed out by J. Warner Wallace, J. Warner Wallace states, Christians do not attribute all illnesses to demon possession. But it is clear demons are continually doing what they can to keep God's chosen from a relationship with Him. And this often takes the form of some sort of bodily attack. So in some cases, a person's physical ailment, condition, sickness, Disease is due to a demonic spirit. But I've got good news. The flip side is that we have authority in the name of Jesus to break the power of that spirit. And, and ooh, uh, ah, let me stop there because I'm, I'm ready to already go next. But, now. but we have authority in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Come back. Oh, don't you worry. Here's the second truth. The woman who was bound had the right to be free. The woman who was bound had the right to be free. Luke 13, 15, 16. Luke 13, verses 15, 16. It says, then the Lord, the Lord, the Lord then answered him and said, hypocrite, does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it away to water it? So ought not this woman being a daughter of who? Abraham, whom Satan is bound, think of it for 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath. He was saying, hey, this woman must be loosed. This woman that Satan has bound, must be loosed. Why must she? Because she's a daughter of Abraham. What does that mean? It means she was part of God's covenant people. Mm -hmm. She was in covenant with God, so she had the right to be free, to be delivered. Some of you are like, eh? Here's the end. Paul tells us and what the and is in Galatians 3, verses 13, 14, verses 26 to 29, Galatians 3, 13, 14, verses 26 to 29 as well. Watch this. Paul writes, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, curses everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of who? Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Neither, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are whose seed? 
Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. What is Paul saying? Jesus came to redeem you from the curse of the law. What was the curse of the law? The curse of the law was having and attempting to save oneself through one's own works and strength and striving. Trying to obey the law in order to be made right with God through your own strength. Guess what? There is no one that could do it and no one can do it. But Jesus came to redeem us from that curse. We don't have to try to save ourselves because the sinless one, Jesus, took on our sin penalty on the cross. He took on our sin punishment on the cross. And when you put your faith in Christ Jesus, He redeems you from having to try to save yourself and be made right with God, not through what you do, but through what He has done. But it doesn't stop there. Then, not only do you get salvation, you also get the promise of the blessing of Abraham. What was the blessing of Abraham? Well, we know that he was justified before being circumcised, which was an act by which you lived and did in conformity to what the law required. But the Bible tells us in the the book of Galatians as well, Paul was justified by his faith in what God told him, not in what he did. But not only that. You read Genesis 24, verse 1, it tells us that Abraham was blessed, watch this, in all things. Abraham was blessed in all things. I'm a son of God, but I'm also connected to the blessing of Abraham. And I'm also blessed in all things. I have the right to be blessed in all things. Let me tell you, Jesus didn't just come to give you a ticket to heaven. He also came to give you peace on earth. He also came to give you health in your body. He also came to bless you financially, relationally. He can bless you in all areas. I'm talking about a God who is able through His power to bless His children. Children in every area. It's his heart. And so Jesus wanted to set the record straight. This woman has the right to be free. And I want to say to anyone here or watching online, you have the right to be free. If you're a child of God. Here's the good news. You can be made right with God through faith in Jesus Christ. You don't get you don't get into this blessing of Abraham without putting your faith in Jesus Christ. It's not what you do, it's what he's done and putting your faith in what he did. And once you do, you have the right to be free. Now watch this. Whew. The third truth. Jesus delivered the woman immediately. From a long-standing condition. Jesus delivered the woman immediately from a long-standing condition. The Prince of Preachers, Charles Haddon Spurgeon, C.H. Spurgeon, in his commentary on this woman that we're reading about today and studying about, he stated this, For 18 years she had not gazed upon the sun. For 18 years... No star of night had gladdened her eye. Her face was drawn downward towards the dust. And all the light of her life was dim. She walked about as if she were searching for a grave. And I do not doubt she often felt that it would have been gladness to have found one. Eighteen years. She was bent over, and this condition has been alluded to as one in which the spinal cord, the bones, are fused together to such a degree that it is now impossible, impossible to straighten oneself. Eighteen years, this is how she walked. Eighteen years, she could not look people in the eye. She, 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 she was bent over for 18 years she she couldn't straighten herself up and i'm sure at the beginning she attempted she tried she she struggled she strained to try to get herself up but 
Finally, after several years, he probably got to the point of saying, this is my lot in life. This is my permanent condition. Oh, but Jesus showed up. And the Bible says, watch the the way that Jesus treats her in verse 12 of Luke 13 says, But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And then it says, And he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Put yourself in her shoes. Eighteen years you're bent over. Year after year you're finding yourself believing this is it. This is all I can look forward to. This is the only position my life will be subject to. I can't hope for anything different. But then Jesus sees her and calls her. And as soon as he touches her, it tells us immediately she straightened up. That's the power of Jesus. I want to say it again and I want you to get it because it's the truth. Jesus can change in a moment in time what you have been unable to change for a long time. Jesus can change in a moment in time what you and I have been unable to change for a long time. I want you to understand whether your problem is lust, whether your problem is anger, whether your problem is an addiction to alcohol, to unhealthy habits in your life. I want you to know you're looking at a man that knows that Jesus can do in a moment what you have been unable to do for a long time. I'm not talking about just something I read in a book. I'm talking about something that Jesus did for me because when Jesus touches you. It does more than make you feel good. It will make you good. When Jesus touches you, it will transform you. It'll do more than tickle you with the sensation of joy. It will transform you with the joy of knowing I'm no longer bound to what held me back. And I've seen this. And I see it happening. Because that's what Jesus can do. Now, The other truth, this woman's physical condition is a picture of some people's spiritual or moral condition. This woman's physical condition is a picture of some people's spiritual or moral condition. What do you mean, Pastor? Some of us, in the area of our morality or in our area of spirituality, we're like her. We can't straighten ourselves up at all. We know in that area that we need to straighten up, but we can't. We can't. And we've tried. And we've made promises. And we've told ourselves, I'll get better. And yet, there we are. In that area, we're unable to straighten ourselves up at all. Why do you say her physical condition, Pastor, is a picture of some people's spiritual or moral condition? In Luke 13:11, Jesus called her condition the result of the working of a spirit of infirmity. Say infirmity. Now, Paul uses that same word for infirmity in Romans 8:26 when he writes this in Romans 8:26, likewise the spirit also helps us notice in our weaknesses. The spirit also helps us in our weaknesses. Now, the word infirmity and the word weaknesses It's from the same root word in the Greek language, asthenia. Asthenia. Watch this. Which would really, which really should be translated as Paul did, weaknesses. The word describes, watch this, people who are weak, sick, or broken in their bodies, minds, or emotions. The word describes people who are weak, sick, or broken in their bodies, minds, or emotions. According to the Vines Expository Dictionary of New Testament Words, 
It points out that the word weakness used here, astenia, literally means lack of strength. Weakness indicating inability to produce results. Inability to produce results. I want you to think, is there an area in your life where you have struggled and strained and yet you haven't seen or obtained the result you were hoping for in that area? May I suggest to you that it is possible that in that area, the reason why you're struggling, the reason why you're straining, is not because you can't be free, but because of what you've allowed. What do you mean, Pastor? Some of us believe, I have the right to hold on to this. I have the right to be upset. I have the right to want revenge. I have the right to keep on doubting. Here's what I want you to see. The other truth. Some long-standing weaknesses are the result of giving the devil a foothold, which then has been turned into a stronghold. Let me say that again. Some long-standing weaknesses are the result of giving the devil a foothold, which then has been turned into a stronghold. What do you mean, Pastor? Let me show you. Out of the Word of God. Because some of you are like, oh, you're just talking out of the top of your head. All right. I have no problem being challenged. But don't you challenge God's word. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 4, verses 26 and 27. Paul said this, Ephesians 4, 26 and 27. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Nor give place to who? The devil. Watch this. I want, did you catch it? Be angry. Say angry. And do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your what? Did you catch it? Anger. Wrath. Did you catch it? Anger. Wrath. There's a difference between anger and wrath. Anger is being upset. But you know what wrath is? Wrath is anger on steroids. And how do you get from anger to wrath? Because you let the sun go down. Without settling the issue. And it goes down again. And still I refuse. To try to reconcile. I refuse. To forgive. I refuse. To give up the resentment. I refuse. To address the doubt that I've been. That I've allowed to linger in my soul. And I want you to get this. Because Pastor Angel loves you. And I've been through this process. Get this. Whatever I leave unaddressed, unresolved, or unsettled will lead to my undoing. I'll repeat it again. Whatever I leave unaddressed, unresolved, or unsettled will lead to my undoing. What did Paul say? When you don't deal with that anger, and then you allow it to fester, not only does it become wrath, but you're giving place to who? The devil. And the word that he uses for place there, it's the Greek word topos. It means a landing place. Also, it means a foothold. A foothold. In other words, I can, as a believer, because he's speaking here to believers, I can give ground in my life to the devil. What are you, what are you saying, pastor? That you believe that demons can possess believers? No. But I know that demons can oppress and harass believers. I know that. And this happens not because God doesn't care for us, but because we leave God's covering when we choose 
to be willfully rebellious and disobedient to what he commands and directs us to do. And when you leave his covering, you expose yourself to the working of the enemy, to his harassment, to his oppression. Now watch this. Look at the heart of the Father. Look at the heart of God. Before Cain killed Abel, God addressed him. Watch this. Genesis 4, 6 and 7. Genesis 4, 6 and 7. Why are you so angry? The Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then what? Watch out. Watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. But you must subdue it and be its master. Do you see the heart of God here? Before Cain killed his brother, God confronted him out of compassion, out of care, to warn him and to let him know right now sin is crouching like a tiger ready to pounce on you. But Cain, you've got the opportunity right now if you'll you'll confront it, you'll control it. But if you don't, it will control and master you. You see, only what's confronted can be changed. Only what's confronted can be changed. And the Lord was telling Cain, you can subdue it. And child of God, I want you to know that in spite of the fact that you have felt there's no way I can forgive. There's no way I can overcome this long-standing issue. There's no way I can overcome this doubt. There's no way that this weakness that I've struggled and strained to overcome in my life will ever not be a part of my life and defeating me and and, and debilitating me. But here's what Paul says to us believers in Romans 6.14. In Romans 6.14 he says, For sin shall not have dominion over you. Why? For you are not under law, but under grace. Lest we not understand what he's communicating, the Spirit-Filled Life Bible footnote gives us insight by stating, though we can never say in this life that we are free from all sin, we also should never say, this one sin has defeated me. I give up. The power of Christ's resurrection at work within us is greater than the power of any sin, no matter how long established in our life. We are not under law, which means we don't have to, through our own effort, try to deliver ourselves from sin. God already made it possible through Jesus Christ, who on the cross took the the guilt, He took the penalty, He took the punishment for my sin, but also this, Jesus on the cross, He overcame the power of sin to deliver me from its ability to control and master me. So then, Pastor, what are you saying? I'm saying today is your day to recognize that that habit, that hurt, that hang-up, that weakness in your life, that you think I am subject to this for the rest of my life, does not rule over you. Jesus is Lord. But you got to admit that and confess it and draw near to Him and say, Here I am, Lord. I'm here to yield to you. So, Pastor, tell me, if I'm battling with the spirit of infirmity, reinforcing the weakness in my life, building a stronghold where I've allowed a foothold, how can I overcome? I'm going to give you a key. A key to going from captivity to liberty is the word of my testimony. A key to going from captivity to liberty is the word of my testimony. What does Psalm 107.2 say? Let the redeemed of the Lord do what? Say so. (laughs) What does Revelation chapter 12 verse 11 tells us? That they overcame him who? The accuser of the brethren. How? By the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Mm, 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 mm. Now, let me tell you about another woman that had a chronic condition. 
For 12 years, she had an issue of blood. The Bible tells us of her. In Mark chapter 5, verses 25 to 29, it says in Mark 5, 25 to 29, Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. She went from bad to worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she what? She said, for she said, If only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made what? Did you see that? She said, if only, uh, if only I but touch his clothes, I shall be made well. She said, and then it says, immediately the founder of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. Woo. Now, the amplified, the classic amplified renders it closer to the original intent and meaning. In Mark chapter 5 verse 28 in the classic amplified, it reads this way, for she kept saying, If I only touch his garment, watch, I shall be restored to health. This woman was an outcast. This woman was an unclean woman by law. But if you know anything about a woman with a mission, get out of her way. She's coming to Jesus. But as she's coming to Jesus, it tells us, you read the story, there was a crowd, there was a press all around him. So she comes up to where she knows Jesus is at, and then she has to deal with the obstacle, the crowd. But she's determined. And and as she's going towards Jesus, and as she's having to maneuver her way through the crowd in order to get to the hem of his garment, she keeps telling herself, if I just but touch the hem of like that, huh? Of his garment. Yeah. I shall be restored to health. Woo! You see, why was she doing that? Well, haven't you not read? Have I not read in Romans ten seventeen? So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You see, she was practicing before what the word tells us is a key to overcome the accusations of the devil. It is the word of our testimony. And she wasn't testifying about herself. She wasn't doing what, if you've ever seen the movie, The Helps, telling herself in the mirror, you is kind, you, you know, no. And that's not what I'm telling you to do. I'm not telling you to get up every morning, look yourself in the mirror and tell yourself how wonderful, beautiful you are. I'm telling you to declare what God says. You are now in Christ to declare what God says you now possess in Jesus Christ. Why? There's power in the word of your testimony. You, you got to understand. This is something that will liberate your soul. This is something that will bring deliverance. Why? Because God said it through the prophet Isaiah. In Isaiah 55 verses 10 and 11. So shall my word be that goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me empty. But it will accomplish the very thing for which I sent it. I want you to know something that set me free, was one day I discovered that God's word in my mouth can be as powerful as his word in his mouth. So, I've battled. I've dealt with stubborn sins in my life. But then I came to freedom. And one of the keys was, if you want help, here's here's two resources. Neil Anderson, a Christian author, wrote two books that were instrumental in bringing freedom to my life. The first one is called Victory Over the Darkness. And the second one is called The Bondage Breaker. Victory Over the Darkness and The Bondage Breaker by Neil Anderson. Neil, N-E-I-L, Anderson. In that book, he includes a list of who am I. And I have this list in my Bible here. This list tells me who I am in Christ and what I possess. And every morning, even now, I declare, this is who I am in Christ. And I declare what I possess in Christ. Also, Craig Rochelle, Craig Rochelle, the leader, founding pastor of Life Church, he has positive affirmations that he declares on the daily over his life. And I've declared them over my life. 
And following this afternoon, they will be posted on our CWC Live CB Facebook page. I will post those daily positive affirmations. I want you to understand that what I've discovered is that people that I know that were in like situation like myself, dealing with stubborn sins, habits, hurts, hang-ups, that they could not deliver themselves up in areas where they couldn't straighten themselves up, this is one of the keys that they've employed and that they employ to this day. But there's some people like, well, I do want to be free, but, but if I was to ask you, are you declaring the word? You'll be like, well, I started to, but nothing really happened. That's like telling a farmer, you know what? I know you sowed last week, but I know nothing came out the following week. You know, just, you don't have to do that anymore. No. The power of the seed germinates according to God's timing, but it's going to germinate. It is going to come forth. My responsibility is to keep sowing. And when you sow his truth, here's again what you can know. It will not return empty. And you know what that word empty means? Without fruit. You will reap a harvest. So I want to encourage you with this. If you want a change in your condition, then exercise a change in your confession. If you want a change in your condition, then exercise a change in your confession. Because there are some believers not here, but in the other churches. Well, Pastor, well, you don't understand. That's how my abuela was. That's how my grandma was. And then my mama turned out the same way. And so, you know, it's just part of our, 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 our ancestry, our history. Okay. But can I tell you something? Jesus redeemed you from the curse. So that you don't have to continue what's happened in your ancestry or in your family history. Now in Jesus, you have a new destiny. And you have newness of life. You can experience the blessing of Abraham in all of things. Whew. What are you saying, Pastor? Jesus right now can change in a moment in time. But you have been unable to change for a long time. Again, if you want a change in your condition, then exercise a change in your confession. Quit telling yourself, well, I guess I'm a victim to this. No, you're not a victim. You may have been victimized, but you're not a victim. Your permanent lot is not what the victimization did to you. Because now in Christ, there's redemption. There's restoration. Reconciliation. Now in Christ, you can experience what it is to be victorious. I can't tell myself, well, I'm a victim because I was fatherless since 17 years of age. There came a day when I had to tell myself, I am not fatherless. I have a father in heaven who says to me, I am his child. I am loved by him. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I have a purpose. He knew me before I was in my mother's womb. And he created me with a divine purpose. He also preordained good works for me to accomplish. And now, instead of waking up in the morning feeling, well, I'm a victim because I didn't have this when I was growing up. I, didn't, I declare over myself, I am not a victim. I am victorious. Because First John 5, 4. 4 and 5 says, for whoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith. Who is he that overcomes? But he that believes that Jesus is the Son of God. And when I'm going through hard times, and I'm dealing with trials and troubles and tribulation, I don't tell myself, well, I guess I'm a victim. I guess I just got to put up with it. I guess I just have to yield to the fact I'm going to be stressed out. I'm going to be defeated today because all this stuff that has come. No. I declare over myself, no, no, no. I'm not a victim. I am victorious. Because Romans 8.37 says, No, in spite of all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. You see, I can wake up in the morning and tell myself, Well, angel, you know you got those weaknesses in that area. You know that you've struggled in that area. And therefore, you must just yield to that. Or you must give up. And you must just give in to the fact that in that area, you're never going to come. No, no, no. I wake up in the morning and say, Yes, I may have struggled in that area. But today, I boldly declare Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I declare according to Psalm 60 verse 12 through God I will do valiantly for he it is who shall tread down my enemies. 
Woo! You got to understand. I'm doing more than having a pep talk. I'm having a God talk. And His words are living and active. They're powerful. Now don't go out. Today, in the name of Jesus, you and I can drive out of our lives what's been driving us. Mm -hmm. In the name of Jesus, you can handle what's been manhandling you. Watch this. When you pray in the name of Jesus, you are inviting the Lord's greatness into your weakness. When you pray in the name of Jesus, you are inviting the Lord's greatness into your weakness. Romans 10, 13 says, whoever shall call upon the Lord of the, the name of the Lord shall be saved. And it just doesn't mean the initial salvation from sin. It means to be rescued, to be delivered. So let's call on that name. Father, I thank you. That there's power in the name of Jesus. And I speak that name over the minds that are present here that have been under attack. Jesus over panic. Jesus over the anxious mind. Jesus over negative thoughts that have been tormenting. Jesus. I speak over physical conditions that have been the working of a spirit of infirmity. In the name of Jesus, that those that have been under the harassment of a spirit of infirmity would experience being loosed today, whether here or online, being loosed, set I'm praying right now for that one who I can identify with who's been having a hard time. It's been hard to believe. It's been hard to hope. It's been hard to expect a better tomorrow because of a long-standing issue. An area in their life where they've struggled, they've strained, but they've been unable to straighten themselves up at all. I pray for today that Jesus, you would touch them and transform. Touch and transform today. Yeah. I'm going to invite you right now, those of you that would say, Pastor Angel. This word has illuminated me to see that what I've been dealing with is a weakness that I need to address through the weapons of the warfare God's given me, the weapons He's given me. I realize I need to apply the blood of Jesus. I need to declare the word of God over that area so that I demolish the stronghold that was a result of me giving a foothold to the enemy. I recognize it now. But I want freedom more than anything. I want my freedom. That Jesus came. 
to bring me unto. I want that freedom. I'm not going to let, for some of us, it's saying I'm going to deal with the anger that's been festering in my soul. Others of us, I'm going to deal with the excuse making that I've been telling over myself. Well, you just got to accept this is the way you're going to have to live your life. You've tried already and you haven't been able to change in that area. But today you realize, no, I don't have to stay stuck in that area. God gives grace. He gives more than favor. He gives force. He gives power to those that humble themselves. I want to change. I want His greatness to operate in my weakness. And you come right now. This altar is open. PW Crew is going to do a song. But before they even do, I'm going to invite you right now. You know this word applies to you. You make your way up. And there are prayer warriors that are going to join me in praying for you. There are prayer warriors going to join in. And others of you, you may realize, you know what? I need the Lord's healing touch in my body. And I realize He is the healer. That there, there's a condition I've been battling. And I realize that it doesn't matter how long I've been battling it. Jesus, in a moment in time, can heal me. And I want His power at work in my body. You come too. And our prayer warriors are going to ask you, what can I pray for? And we're going to agree because we believe in the power of the prayer of agreement. And we believe Jesus is here. Jesus is here today. Yes, victory, 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 victory is happening here today. And those of you online, I want you to know right there where you're at, in the name of Jesus, I pray right now for the release of the Holy Spirit to confirm in your house, in your life, in your body, in your mind, in your soul, what Jesus has made possible right now that His presence would make real for you real for you what Jesus has made possible through His redemptive work in Jesus name receive your healing in Jesus name receive your deliverance yes right now right now right now I agree and Lord as we lay hands as we come in agreement with these at the altar here I pray God as our prayer team just begins to pray in agreement asking how can I pray with you and praying with the authority of Jesus let the immediately happen let the suddenly transpire let your victory be known in this place right now in Jesus name 